Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? We have uh, an amazing guest today, a uh, multidisciplinary artist. I'm talking from photography to sculpture, drawing, painting, video, 3D modeling, performance art, poetry, and, and I'm pretty sure so much more. Um, we are blessed to have Phenomena Louise here today. <laughs> How you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm well. I'm well. Um, so just give me a quick background. What inspired you to become an artist? Um, my family. Mm-hmm. So my mom's side of the family are, are all artists. So my mom, before we moved here to the United States, we were living in Haiti. So that's where I was born. She was a fashion designer. Mm. And I would, little me, just wobble over to her, watching her sketch in her sketchbook. And they were just very beautiful. And I have uncles who are wood carvers and painters and seamstresses. I was just surrounded by art. So I've always had a thing for art. And I've only started to take it more seriously when I decided to go to an art college. Okay. So how... Was the transition moving from Haiti to the Americas? It was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I was eight years old, I think, and I didn't know I was coming here to stay. I thought it was another vacation to see my aunt. And I was like, oh, okay. So I didn't get to say goodbye to my friends. <laughs> mm. You can imagine. I was like, wait, I have to learn how to speak English? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was... um. Pretty gruesome um, for 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 an eight-year-old kid to have to learn a third language and have to learn how to adapt to the culture of, you know, America. And for the first time being called Black and me going, what is that? Because <laughs> in Haiti, you're just a girl. You're just a woman. You know, mm. you're Haitian. You're not Black, <laughs> you know? So that was like something I had to adjust to and I'm still adjusting of course but you know years later how has your background growing up in Haiti um and moving here how has that influenced your art um I feel like subliminally there are parts of my culture in my art like when when I do my self-portrait for example, mm-hmm. most of the time I have my hair covered. Um, that's like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a cultural thing because other cultures have that too, but especially in Haiti, you know, you go to the island and you see a lot of women with their hairs covered. Usually it's a religious thing or it's just because, you know, there's a lot of dust <laughs> in Haiti. So you want to protect your hair. So, you know, and I've always seen it as beautiful because even though, you have someone who's selling food or fruits on the side of the road, they still manage to look so damn beautiful and elegant Mm. with just like a bandana tied around their hairs. 
So um, that's just something that I use in my art. It's like I have a lot of layers in my self-portraiture, um, a lot of layers. And I feel like I it would it would probably bore people because I have a whole list of different things mm. implied. But that's just one of them, how I use my culture. Um, a lot mm. of the Haitians that I grew up with are extremely intelligent. You know, and that's by design through um, great parenting and and work ethic. Um, how hard was it to research and learn the art that you pursue now for you? Mm, I would say I'm still researching and I'm still learning. Um, also, because I feel like my art is ever evolving, um, especially as of late, I realized that I want to focus more on creating stories, like an actual stretched out story with my photographic artworks mm. and then creating sculptures on the side with them. Um, it's not yet released, but I have a body of work right now called uh, The Lady in the Chair. Mm. And it's like a short film, but it's just still images instead of moving images and it's literally like 25 images just to tell a story about the the lady and the chair and the chair representing burdens that we have to carry along with us everywhere until we finally let go of it and when we do we kind of shut off a layer of ourselves that's pretty much the whole um just of this project that I'm working on mm. and um I feel like Life in itself teaches me things that adds on to my research about my art practice. Um, I, and if, if not, I just usually my research involves like skills, like techniques and stuff like that. Not so much for the psychological aspect of creating or the philosophy behind my ideas or anything like that. Now, speaking of your photography, um, which I love, by the way, um, there is a lot of color, but my eye doesn't really focus on that. Even though you're surrounded by color, my focus mm -hmm. is on the subject itself. Um, what was the thought oh, process behind that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to hear that um, because it's something that I'm still trying to learn how to master um, <clears throat> so it's a technique that I borrowed from uh, famous, well-known painter Rembrandt. He was a mm. Dutch painter from the Baroque period. Um, and there is this technique that he uses in his paintings, which is chiaroscuro. Mm -hmm. So pretty much what he does is like a balance of contrast between light and dark. And he uses he uses the extreme of both. And mm. uses the light to highlight the face of his subject matter so that your eye just goes straight towards that. Even though if there's like shadowy ghost figures in the background or whatever, he controls your eyes. And I've always been like, per, yes, <laughs> get it. What? I can control my viewers' eyes. The thing is, the teachers in, in SVA, they wouldn't teach me stuff about that. So it was something that I'm still learning, but I've been teaching myself how to implement in my art controls. <laughs> um, for a person who does a lot, like so many great different things, um, where do you find yourself focusing more on 
Like what genre of art? <clears throat> um, currently self-portrait photography, mm. except I just now started to um, get back into my other disciplines like sculpture. Um, I have this huge piece right behind me right now, just laying up on the ground, very creepy looking at the moment, um, <laughs> beginning stages. It's a full body casted sculpture, um, <laughs> life size. And whenever I go to sleep at night, actually, and I turn off my lights, because I use my bedroom as my studio too. So my art is in here. Mm. So I turn off the lights and I just see this thing <laughs> staring at me. And I'm like, oh, shit, what? <laughs> but I am trying to focus more on my other disciplines to trying to create a balance between them. So I have a drawing, a few drawings that I'm working on large scale and small. And also I'm working more on my 3d modeling works right now. I'm trying to animate some things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I love that because <laughs> art is freedom of expression and mm -hmm. Even though we're 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 given these labels, um, those don't directly apply to you. You know, like you don't have a label. You are an all-around artist, which is amazing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's why I prefer multidisciplinary because it's true. I use different art forms. Um, a lot of people tried to say that I'm a photographer and I understand because that's what I primarily post mm. and that's what gets a lot of attention until, you know, I'm like, oh, by the way, I made this like a few years ago. They're like, wait, what? You also did that? What? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I posted it before I blew up kind of. And so people only like my friends saw it and were like, oh, that's so good, Louise. <laughs> mm. Mm. But I'm like, yeah. So now I'm like, I think it was like, younger me who was like mm, not getting a lot of traction here let's move on and I kind of like I'm wagging my finger at my old self and I'm like no you no longer care you do what you want to what makes you happy and which art form fits best for a certain idea mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah. so what was the first one you started with? And was it like, okay, I mastered it. I mastered this uh, subject matter. I should move to a, a, another thing to see if I can master that as well. Or what, do you just like, you know, like, can you explain that? Um, <clears throat> I just, I, I get interested is mm. what happens. But the thing is, it's not like I just get interested. I've always been interested. Like I've always been interested in photography mm -hmm. and in sculpture, music and performance and film and all of that. It's just like now I'm like, you know, I've had this idea in my sketchbook for quite a while. I tried it in this different medium, but I feel like it might fit best in this other. So mm -hmm. let me see if I can get a, somewhat decent with this to see if I can actually put it into this area. And so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Instead of like tr just trying to master it, because I feel like it would be cool if I could master all art forms, but I don't think that's possible. <laughs> so I'm like, as long as I'm somewhat decent, what I'm trying to say comes out clearly, we're good. 
I mean, but at the end of the day, we're all our, our own biggest critics, you know. And for me personally, looking on the outside in or your followers, um, you have really good work, you know, and art is subjective. You know, people love to see great work and no matter what genre you're doing right now, it all looks like amazing. Thanks. Yeah, I agree with the we're our toughest critics. It's true. Cause I know there there's like this one um self-portrait whenever I post it on TikTok, people are like, oh, that's my favorite one. And it's actually my least favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I'll like try and recycle and repost some some things just to be like, yeah, by the way, this is what I do, what I've done. And people are like, oh, the third one, that's my favorite one. And I'm like, oh yeah (laughs) really not even this one which i really love by the way because the colors is just like perfection and they're like no that's the one and i'm like the plain simple okay yeah yeah quick question how how has social media impacted your art and how you um monetize from it um, <clears throat> I wish I could make money. <laughs> um, but it just it, it gives me a lot of exposure, and I the thing is, before I was really into social media, I'm not that social. I'm not a very social person. So like my friends during art school, they would be like, yeah, let's go to the galleries and meet people and talk and, you know, expose our souls to these people and share our art. I'm like, yeah, okay. Damn. <laughs> um, I, I was never that person. Like e- even if I did have a show and people would walk up to me, I would like freeze up and tense up and be like, Shh, I got to talk. I'm like, hello. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you want a drink? I want a drink. Let's, let's drink. <laughs> so that's just me. And then I started to get more into social media when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can't, the art shows, in-person art shows aren't really a thing right now. I was like, how am I going to share my work? And I was like, oh, social media. So I started posting on Instagram more and on TikTok. And then, you know, I started to get a lot more exposure that way. And I liked it because I didn't really have to do that much interacting. Because yeah. I'm just terrified of people that way. It's weird. Because when I do loosen up, I'm loosened up. But like, yeah. It's I, just like I, being I, put like, on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you, if you know, you post something and you don't have to like, I don't know, this just, I prefer it the digital way. I'm sure I'll get better and like be mm. more open to in-person interactions and like being me without being tense in front of people. But yeah. Like even before this, I was <laughs> I was like, whew, all right. Yeah. Let's change your shirt five times because it's <laughs> Yeah. I mean, don't feel bad. I'm totally the same way. Um, whenever my lady and I go out, my social battery dies just like that, you know. And I feel like I speak through the art, you know, and 
that's all the talking that I need to do. So why have a conversation of uh, why I lit this a certain way or why I focused on this type of subject? Like, I make the art and you gain whatever you gain from it, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's hard being yes. vulnerable as well, too. You know, it's like we're showing, we're giving so much of ourselves within our art. And then we have to be more vulnerable with that by showing it and speaking with people. It's, 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 a, it's a very tense, tense situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wish public speaking was like a thing in high school and middle school and whatever else in college and all of that. But fortunately, it wasn't. So kind of have to roll with the punches. But mm. I wanted to speak on what you said about being vulnerable and like our art just speaking for us. Because I remember I had a showing back in April of, t- damn, not this year. Okay, Happy New Year, um, <laughs> 2022 um, <clears throat> in downtown Manhattan. And it, it was just a window display. So it was just featuring me. Mm. And this Black woman walks by with her partner and she stops and she starts tearing up. And I look over and I'm like, I have on mascara, lady. And I cry <laughs> when I see people cry and I don't know what to do. So I was like, <clears throat> and her partner walks over to me, started speaking for her because clearly mm. she was like, she could, she had like a frog in her throat. She couldn't speak. She was like so emotional. She was like, my partner sees herself in your work. And I was mm. like, oh God, that's all I've ever wanted. I just want. I just, I just always wanted to hear that, especially mm-hmm. from my own people, you know, like black women, they're like, I see that yearning for softness through all of the stereotypes of, you know, the, the strong black woman tropes and all of that. So right. when she started getting emotional and I was like, it worked. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So I was like, yes. And also I was like, tear. It was beautiful. And That's- I didn't have to say much because she understood that's that's the thing. It's it's important to have self-representation, you know, in the early 2000s, when you would look at magazines or, you know, social media, they only had one phenotype of person when we're, yeah. we're not monolithic. Like we come in many different shapes, sizes um, and personality traits. And it's important for, you know, women and especially young girls to see themselves out on the front forefront so they don't have to be always considered in the back or, you know, just, just, just simple things like that. Just have a, a good reflection of themselves out there is, is extremely important to build confidence within, you know, our community. Yeah, I agree. I wish, I mean, because I was born in Haiti and I kind of just still continue to grow up with my culture in my hand, even while I was living here. Mm. Um, Representation for me was like, you know, anything Haitian related, like the musicians, like Mm. um, artists, the the music videos that I would watch, the cartoons that I would watch, you know, I think it's primarily here Mm -hmm. in the United States that it's like, worse (laughs) Mm. like I'm not saying it's not bad worldwide but here it's worse and like I feel for my 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 um my kin like my African-American kin because Mm. it's like back home I'm good I see people like me yeah 
everywhere in the art, in the music, in everything. And it's it's just like <clears throat> because I now live here too, it impacts me too. And I'm like, wow, what ways can I show what I'm going through and ways that I'm battling through it, ways that I'm overcoming it and all of that through mm. my art. I love that. Or and like oh I'm sorry, go ahead. Escaping. Yeah. Sorry, I was just gonna add an escaping from it. It's I believe that communication between the whole diaspora is extremely important because media reflects a lot of us in the States in a negative light. You know, um, me being African-American, we're painted as thugs, we're painted as lazy, we're painted in so many different negative shades, but we're painted as like not being a, a in a fatherless household, but there is, it's not that much of that. You know what I mean? It's a spectrum of really good people and a small percentage of really bad people. And I think that communication with us within the diaspora is important because we get gain different perspectives and we 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 can understand each other more as a people. You know, even though you're from Haiti, I'm from America. My my spouse is from Zimbabwe. You know, <laughs> I think us working together and communicating with each other is way more impactful than us just looking at media that's tearing us apart. Mm, yeah, because there's a lot of that where it's like, oh, this this um right group of people is better than that. And we're like mm. the same, but still they're like, oh no. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's yeah. yeah. I think if a lot more of those same people trying to spew, like trying to create a rift between us actually happen to live here mm. in this country for as long as I have or longer, or maybe not even as long as they would stop talking. <laughs> They'd be like, oh. Because I feel like you need to experience being living here mm. to realize that despite us being the same, <clears throat> I'm not saying you guys have it worse because Haiti, we got France and the United States yeah. boots on our necks. But like still paying taxes to France. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but you guys have something else that's like affecting you, not like financially in your pockets and your lands. But mentally and spiritually, because all the other Black nations were connected to our spiritual roots mm-hmm. and are centered and everything. Like, if you go to Haiti, <laughs> majority of us, except for the, you know, the bourgeois where they're like, <laughs> yeah, but je parle français, I'm French. And mm-hmm. we're like, no, you're not. And you're Black as me. Shut up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we say we're African. Yeah. We say we're African. Even though we know we're Haitian, we also say, yes, we're African. You know, so it's like, and then you come here, and I remember um speaking to this one girl in my school one time, and I was like, Yeah, you know, even though I'm Haitian, I'm also African, just like you. She was like, Girl, I'm not African. I was mm. like, 
shit. <laughs> yes, you are. She's like, no, I'm not. I'm a descendant. I was like, yes, which in a way means she was like, nope. I was like, it's cool. But, you know, it's like a whole discussion that we need to have, <laughs> like trying to recenter ourselves and get in contact with our roots. But, you know, there are people trying to take that away from um, African-American people in so many ways that it's like you can't really see it until after. And you're like, wait, did you just disconnect me? Mm. To me, yeah, huh? Get out, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's important, yeah. just like the, the 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 story you told about the lady walking down the street and seeing your art, even though probably two totally different backgrounds, she's still related, and that that bridge is there. You know, that communication without you guys having an actual conversation, that communication was there. She felt you and you felt her. That energy was there. And that's extremely important for not only humanity, but for artists in general. Yeah. It's Um, important. How do you balance your art and social life? Like, are you social? Do you go out and and hang out? Like, how do you balance self-care and your art? Okay, self-care, yeah. <laughs> I was like, social. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, I, I, th- that's crazy because to me, self-care is tied in with my art. Like when I t- take care of my art, I'm taking care of my spirit at the same time because I'm like, I'm, I'm scratching that spot in my soul where I'm like, I need to, I need to work on this for a bit, mm. and I'm like, ah, I feel at ease. But, you know, I do also make time for me, um, my mental health, um, being able to pray, being able to meditate and, you know, take care of my nails (laughs) and my hair. (laughs) Social, um, my friends, they, well, the ones that I call friends, they understand that I'm not much of a social person and I still love them. They still love me, but I will make time to see them sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm like, all right, it's been too long. Let's, let's see each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also the conversations we have are amazing. They I mean, those are real friends, no matter how long you spend apart, you can always come back together and it's like, you never missed a day. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, even though we see your work and, 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 the final result, well, work is never final. You know, you just get tired of working on it. But even though we see the result that you put out into the world, tell me about some challenges you had to face in order to become the artist you are today. Um, Challenges, I would say, would be when I would hear mentors and professors tell me that, that I need to stick to one thing Hmm. (laughs) one thing about me I don't really like people telling me what to do (laughs) I don't so when I would hear that I'm like I'm sorry what they're like yeah stick to drawing stick to painting stick to one thing I'm like no and they're like stick to one style I'm like why you know, because it doesn't make sense. Like as humans, we have so many different thoughts in our minds, different languages, especially if you're like 
multilingual or single lingual. Mm-hmm. Like you have different things happening in here. They look different from each other. They sound different. They're different. How can you represent them all in just one single medium, one mm. single style? It just didn't make sense to me. So that was one of the challenges, like trying to do me, despite, you know, these well-known artists saying, well, maybe you should, you know, like stick to one thing. And I'm like, mm. um, excuse my language. Um, yeah. And another challenge Currently, but not too challenging, is no longer having access to a studio because I graduated college. Mm. Um, so having to work in my bedroom. Mm. You got to do what yeah. you got to do, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, all right, wh- which wall do I decide to to hang up a bed sheet and make a backdrop? <laughs> I'm like, mm. yeah, it's fun. <laughs> One thing I learned about people is they will often put their limitations on you, you know, just because they don't see themselves able to do as many things as you do. Of course, they will say, oh, well, if I can't do that, she can't do it. You know, that's the whole thought process behind it. People aren't really confident enough to pursue more than one thing is what I'm trying to say. Mm. That kind of breaks my heart because I get so excited when I'm I'm able to work on different disciplines. It's exciting. It's it's fun. It's like, you know, kind of like taking care of your inner child. Mm. You're like there you've always wanted to play with so many different toys, and then you're now an adult and you you can work with so many different things. Mm. Like yarn and tape and wood and and metal and yeah. everything. So yeah, it's sad. They they should definitely they should try. <laughs> um, tell me about the time, or tell me about the feeling you had when you sold your first piece. And you did, was it like solidified, like, okay, I could really do this? Or do you not do it for monetary gain? Do you just do it as an expressive thing? I wish I could make money <laughs> off of my art. It will um, come. It will come. I, in time. Right mm. now, I'm like, is it that important or do I just want to keep creating? I do need money t- to keep creating, but. It's okay. We'll manage. We have always. Um, The first piece I sold was this um, outdoor installation I made in Stanford, Connecticut. Um, It was a bench and I worked on it with other people too, but it was primarily my idea and my work piece. So even though in a way it was collaboration, I was still the main artist of the piece and it was auctioned off to a school. And I was like, oh, cool. All right, next. (laughs) I don't know why. I was just like, what's the next thing for me to work on now that is gone? Mm. I don't know if it'll always be like that. Because I'm like, yeah, thanks for supporting me. You know, it means a lot. But then I'm like, all right, I can't just dwell on this moment forever. I got to move on. 
So is is it the constant? Because I, I see a hunger within you, you know, um, a hunger that you want to improve on each piece and make the, the 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 most recent piece better than the last. Is that the thought process behind it? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I don't think I'll ever reach an end goal, honestly. Mm. I think it just keeps going. I feel like for every artist, it's the same. Like, you know, they just keep either getting better or doing new things. So what is keep what what keeps that fire lit within you? Well, for me, I get inspired by anything around me from like the way that the light falls over any given object. And I'm like, wow, I've never noticed that before, even though this is like my thousandth and thousandth time looking at it mm. or the way that people have conversations or the way that people feel like they react to things, whether they're angry or they're joyful or whatever. Even though I don't show these things in my art, I still get inspired by them. So I always feel the need to keep going because life keeps going. You know, I'm still alive. So I might as well. (laughs) (laughs) So you recently spoke on, um, a new series that you're doing, the the chair series. Um, is there anything else in the future that you're planning to do? And how um, soon will we be able to receive this art? Um, <clears throat> what I need to do to finalize this piece is finish making the book and the sculpture and then find a space to show the printed out pieces with the sculpture. Mm. So hopefully before the summer or by the summer. Mm. Mm. Fingers crossed. Just my my personal vision. I would love to see you um, tour your art all over the world. You know, maybe South Africa, you know, especially in Haiti. Uh, we just had Art Basel in Miami. Like, even though social media connects us all, it's nothing like going out there and actually like reaching and, and touching the people, you know, that's, that's when the connections are meaningful. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hope so too. I hope I can like be able to show my work outside of just the local areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would be nice. So, um, When's the next exhibition? Like, <laughs> do you have any plans on 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 doing that anytime soon? Or I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I I haven't even. The the thing is, I'm, I'm be honest. I haven't thought about the next exhibition. I've just been thinking about. Well, right now, what I'm thinking about is. How do I make this one part of my sculpture move on this animation app? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how how fast can I work on this book to finish it and print it and put it out there? Mm. Yeah. I haven't thought about the exhibition part yet. Please let us know. Um, I'm, I know for a fact that it will turn out very well. Um, we only have a few minutes left. Um, in the, in a couple of sentences, what's the hardest part about being you? 
talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm gonna be honest, that's the hardest part. Cause I'm, I feel like the, there's a duality. I'm always like saying stuff and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. So that's my, the hardest part of being me is talking to myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, it's not a bad thing, man. Sometimes you have to, you know, you have to have that conversation with yourself in order to figure things out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So um, how can we look at your work? How can we purchase that book that you're coming out with? What's your, your social media website? Give us all that. All right. So all my social media handles are the same. Phenomena Louise, um, which is also on my Zoom name thing um website is phenomenalouise.com and and i am on artsy um i have some of my works on artsy i have some of my works on my website and also i have some of my works on sachi art and the book i have no idea where what platform i'll be putting it on when it's done but it'll be known (laughs) that's perfect that's perfect um once again, thank you for taking the time out to have this conversation. This is very insightful. You. Your work is beautiful. And I'm sure you will take your art how far as you want to take it. You know, um, I have total confidence in that. Thank you so much. And I'm excited to see some of your work. You're like, my lady does art too. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, it's all linked. Uh, quick shout out. Philip Anthony Portraits. And uh, her work is 54 plus. So you guys check it out if you haven't already. But um, yeah, thank you again. <laughs>